1: Giants, your daily podcast on the New York Giants. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: Welcome everybody to a special edition of Locked On Giants. It is a supersized crossover episode. I am your host, Art Stapleton, and without further ado, I will bring in my co host for today's show of Locked On Redskins, Lake Lewis Jr. Lake. Thanks for joining me. I'm glad to join you. We have got Giants Redskins on Sunday. How you doing? I'm good. I appreciate you having me on. And uh, big football game, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, it's funny because Ben McAdoo opened his press conference uh, on Wednesday this week, the Giants head coach, saying, "You know, we're excited to have the defending divisional champs come to town." And at this point last year, I don't know if anyone would have predicted the Redskins to win the division last year either. Uh, you know, we'll go back and forth for, throughout the show as we have on these crossover podcasts. Just, you know, kind of checking the pulse of both teams and we'll throw stuff at each other. I'm curious for you, obviously the Giants are sitting at 2-0, and feeling good about themselves. What's the feeling down in, in Virginia and the D.C. area about the Redskins right now? It doesn't, doesn't sound too good from a national perspective.
1: Yeah, it's, you know, I don't want to use the gloom and doom approach, Um, you know, this is a young locker room, and it's a locker room that had some success last year, Uh, you know, and then when you you win your division, you win your division no matter how you won it, but the fact of the matter is, you you do understand, and I'm sure you guys up in New York understand that this team won the division that was really down, historically down last year, and they also had a favorable schedule, and now... They're a team that has expectations placed on them, so they're not sneaking up on anyone anymore. You know, the Jordan Reeds of the world, the Kirk Cousins of the world, those are young players that had success last year. that teams now are game-planning for and taking them serious, and they've had all summer to do it. So the Redskins are going to have to come up with different answers and different approaches and how they go about trying to get a W in New York in a place, as you know, they haven't done it since 2011. So it's going to be tough.
0: You know, it, it really is amazing, and as I'm hearing you speak about that, about a young locker room, I think no, you know, closer to home up here with the Giants, the last couple Couple years is that they struggled with the same thing. You know, they they had a young locker room. They had some veterans uh, who had done some winning, uh, but their play had been tailing off. And all of a sudden, you get into a situation where you know the idea of winning in the NFL sometimes it looks so easy, and sometimes it looks so difficult. And I think. When you have guys who are not used to winning and don't know how to handle success or handle failure, I think it really shows up. And, you know, at this point, that's something that, you know, the Giants keep talking about. They don't want to look in the rearview mirror. They want to look at the windshield of the car, you know, to use that analogy. But the reality is when the Giants look at last season and the year before when they finished 6-10 and 10 both times, when things went south, They just kept going south, and I think part of that was the inexperience in the locker room. Is that kind of the, I know you said no gloom and doom at this point, but is that the kind of hurdle that you believe the Redskins are facing right now, is that they don't want this to turn into something where they just can't turn it around quick enough?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it starts with, you know, the quarterback, Kirk Cousins. You know, the guy who threw for 4,100 yards last year and really came out of nowhere, especially in the second half of the season when they went on their playoff run. As far as games to make the playoffs. And, you know, so there were a lot of expectations. And then you go out and your number one draft pick is a a wide receiver to already go along with a pretty dynamic group. Uh, You know, there were just great expectations that he was going to hit the ground running from where he left off last year. Unfortunately, I think people are realizing where the Redskins left off from last season was getting blown out by Green Bay in the playoffs, where where they played another, you know, superior good football team that's expected to win every year. And, So if you look around the locker room, yeah, you have guys like Trent Williams, but Trent Williams is the greatest uh, offensive tackle he's been. He's only played in, what, one playoff game or two playoff games in his career. So, you know, yes, he's a great player, but is he the guy that's going to galvanize the locker room? No. I think that, you know, he's a pro, but I think this team is looking for that personality, that person that can really rally the troops, and the person that can do that is Josh Norman. Now, unfortunately, as you know, (laughs) <laughs> is, he, is he really a Redskin at this point yet? You know, you know, he's going to be playing in his third game as a Redskin. So, you know, maybe he's going to be that face in that guy. But right now, I just think that guys look at him like he's a great player, but they're still trying to figure out who he is as a person, you know, getting a
0: chance to know him in the locker room. Well, talk about it. Talk about a great transition. We actually went five minutes on this special crossover edition of Locked on Giants, Locked on Redskins, and. Five minutes it took us to mention Josh Norman. That's a that's probably a record this week as far as what's going on uh, with this game coming up. You mentioned him, so let's talk a little bit about Norman and Beckham. Uh, obviously, you weren't covering the game last year uh, at MetLife Stadium between Norman and the Panthers and Beckham and the Giants. What's your feeling going into this game? What's that, how how has Norman? How have the Redskins kind of handled? Uh, really, a game that no one down in in D.C. was involved in last year. So it's it's kind of I would imagine it's kind of a strange scenario uh, for them to come up here, kind of thrust into something that they really weren't a part of. Well, unfortunately
1: you look at the situation and it's been reminded of him all the time and you know once a week there's you know media from the outside that comes in and and that's the first thing they want to do is talk about Beckham or they want to talk about you know basically see if he has something to say you know he's like a polarizing figure right Um. for me seeing him every day from talking to him uh, just seeing how he goes about his work, I, I've been nothing but impressed by Josh Norman, and, I, and this is not just my sentiment. This is universal, universal here in D.C. The guy works hard, and he's a student of the game. And if you look at the tape of the first two games of the year, when he paired up against Antonio Brown, I, I actually saw a fumble that was overturned. Right. uh when he went up against Des Bryant, Des Bryant had zero catches. Uh, literally, um, you know, he had zero catches the whole time. So. To me, I'm looking at a guy that is basically worth every penny of what they've offered him, and I think that he has a chance to be just just special. You know, he, he's a great guy. But to get back to your point, I think that the whole situation with, with, with Beckham I mean let's face it we all want to see this Sunday we all want to see how does this guy go up against Beckham Victor Cruz has put his put his uh, hat in the ring as well, and, well this is going to be compelling football to see the problem is Josh Norman doesn't have a lot of help to back him up with this you know he may be on an island by himself literally
0: on both sides of the field if he doesn't get some help and I think that's the the point you know what you've seen from Norman I think I could say I've seen from Beckham I, I, it sounds like both of them, despite the talking in the offseason, and, and, you know, look, guys make mistakes, guys do things, you know, you shake your head and you realize, you know, you look at them and you say, why are you continuing to let this story continue to fester and going on, whether it's Odell and GQ, Josh in ESPN the magazine, whatever side you were on with these two guys last year and the events that transpired, none of it was good for football, none of it was good for them and their quote-unquote brands, Uh, you know, put money aside, the idea of kids watching watching these guys play. Play, um, that is certainly not how they want to carry themselves, especially two guys who are, you know, are potential all pros each and every year. Um, the thing that I, I sense with with Beckham going against Norman this week uh, is the idea that he has a lot, of, a lot more help than Josh does. You know, Victor Cruz and Sterling Shepard, uh, the first two weeks, have taken a ton of pressure off of Beckham. Now, granted, Beckham had that drop touchdown against the Saints, and then Cruz follows it up with a huge catch down the sideline to set up Josh Brown's game winner against New Orleans. But the idea is that Eli Manning will not force the ball to Beckham if Norman is on him. He can go elsewhere and try to take advantage of what the Redskins have in other spots. And I think that's kind of an unfair situation for norman is that coming out of sunday's game he may do a great job as to whoever else he covers but he can't cover all three guys and i think that puts pressure on Bashad breeland uh you know maybe some of the safeties have to get involved you know and so i i'm just curious from from your perspective how do you think the redskins kind of attack the giants receivers because it seems like that would be a mismatch regardless of what you do with norman
1: yeah, I agree with you on that. Um, I think the, the, the Redskins have to
0: start mixing in more
1: of their players. One of the one of the prevailing themes coming out of training camp for them was that they were really deep in their secondary. You know, they had drafted a kid, uh, Will Fuller, out of um, – uh, I mean, Kendall Fuller, I'm sorry, out of – Virginia Tech, and, right. you know, to be a slot guy. They have Deshaun Phillips, a young kid that they really like, you know, as another slot guy. So they, they, they had these guys that you felt like, okay, this guy was brought in, this guy was drafted to, to cover the Beckhams in the slot. You know, this guy was covered, Josh Norman was brought in to cover, the, you know, the, the Jordan Matthews in Philadelphia and as Brian, the bigger receivers. Um, they just seem like they had all these places. And another guy that hasn't played a whole lot is Quentin uh, Dunbar, who down the stretch last year played really well six-one cornerback with some size. Unfortunately, a lot of these guys have been inactive. They haven't even watched. Wow. And and that's the question, like, what's going on, Duke? know, um, you know, a safety that's played really well throughout training camp. He would have been their starting uh, strong safety last year if he had not broken his hand in the final preseason game. Well, literally, he's been inactive. So that's another, you know, theme for you guys up there in New York is the guy that's under the hot gun right now and the hot seat is – Joe Barry, the defensive coordinator, and that's because of a lot of the things we're talking about now. What is going to be your game plan? When we asked Josh, you know, uh, two days ago, what does he expect to happen? He said, "Hey, I just heard a leak. You know, I'm supposed to be covering uh, the right. whole game, shadowing him. <laughs> you know,
0: he didn't get the memo, right?
1: Yeah, <laughs> I didn't get the memo. No coach told me that, so th- that's not a good thing, right there. You know, that's, that's not good to be hearing that at the podium in front of everyone. And then yesterday, when we talked to Joe Barry, he defended his game plan. He said, that he feels like they've had great game plans It's the execution of it. So, obviously, that's kind of going back at your players. I, listen, Art, you know this more than anyone covering that team up there. Victor Cruz got paid off the Redskins. <laughs> <laughs> Odell Beckham is getting ready to get paid more off of the Redskins. And then you add in, like you said, it's Shepard. I don't know how they stopped that. And, and then Jennings has been running. So, if you're the Redskins, you're going into a bad situation. You really are.
0: Can Kirk Cousins, we mentioned him earlier, can he turn this thing around this weekend? Because it seems like, you watch the film and the Giants are talking about the idea that you know Cousins has not performed as poorly as what maybe the perception has been on film. Now granted, he's made some mistakes, one touchdown, I think it's three interceptions so far this year. Uh, but uh, I saw that I mean everybody is, by now has seen the throw against Dallas in the end zone. That was just an ugly decision by him. But do you think this, the, the franchise tag and the potential of, of what comes next for him contract wise is hanging over cousin's head? or is this just a matter of you know two bad games and, and chalk it up and, and let's just go get him?
1: Uh, I, I think it's a combination of, the, of everything. I, I, I kind of put, though, the contract thing at the, at the bottom of it, just okay. knowing Kirk. Um, he, he's a guy that's very grounded, you know, and that's, that's, that's his saving grace right now, frankly, is that he is an even-kill person. Doesn't get too high, doesn't get too low. I'd actually like to see more emotion out of him now that he's struggling. But I think, that, I think there's a couple issues, and I think one of the, the main ones is the fact that I think this team might have too much talent for a developing quarterback. And I know that may sound crazy, people are really talking about every quarterback needs talent. The problem is he's got weapons all over the field And maybe because he doesn't have that one guy that, like last year, for instance, Jordan Reed was the go-to guy. And you knew he was going to get it. You knew he was going to get it. You knew he was going to get it. Now it's like they're trying to spread it around to everyone, and they've got some dynamic individual talents. But I think if you can pinpoint one or two guys that, that are your game plan, and you know. So it's like, for instance, you know Beckham is going to be in the Giants game plan. Um, You knew that last year when there was no Victor Cruz, and yet he still was getting 10-11 catches regardless of what you tried to do. I think it makes life easier for a young quarterback who's struggling. And the second part that is without question an issue here, they don't want to run the football. And when your quarterback's struggling – how do you get them out of that? You got to get some balance. You have to run the ball. He threw the ball forty six times against Dallas, forty eight against Pittsburgh. Wow, that's just not good.
0: And, that, and it, I, you know what? And this rebuilt Giants defense would welcome Cousins flinging the ball all over the field because I think, uh, you know, when it comes down to to takeaways, the Giants are thirty first in the league this year so far at uh, the ratio at turnover ratio because they just they don't have a takeaway. Yeah, they don't have a takeaway. I mean, so, you know, he, here's the stat that I, I dug up. Uh, you know, Cousins is 3-14 and 14 in games in which he has thrown at least one interception and 8-2 and 2 in his career when he doesn't throw any. I mean, it seems pretty cut and dried as far as where, you know, a defense is going to try to put Cousins into into the, you know, into that that situation of if he's going to succeed, uh, he's going to have to not turn the ball over. I know it becomes simple, but, you know, look, the Giants have, have – tortured Cousins up here at MetLife Stadium the last two times he's been up here. Uh, six interceptions, including a four-interception game in prime time two years ago. Uh, that was that was just an ugly, ugly performance. Yeah,
1: six interceptions in those two games up there. You just, you're not going to win any football game. You're not going to win. Even if he was a starting quarterback on a hot to varsity team, they're not going to win the game if he does that. So what he has to do is he has to he he has to play with some emotion now. I mean, I saw the kid walk off the field against Dallas with his head down. Like he knew he had underperformed and he just he didn't have that fire. And, and I'm I'm wondering, too. He can't look to the sidelines anymore and see Robert Griffin sit standing over there. Mm. You know, that, sometimes that's your motivation. That's the reason why you don't want to be over there standing anymore because you always feel like you should have been the guy playing. But he can't look over there now. There's no excuses. And this is what we talked about all summer here with that. There's nowhere to run for him now. He's he's paid as you know one of the top three quarterbacks in the league this year. Because they put the franchise tag on them, you know, right. twenty million can't cross for That's a lot of money that you and I will gladly take anywhere for one year and be happy.
0: Uh, yeah, I would. I would say so. I'll take. I'll take. Uh, I'll take a small percentage of that, Lake. I don't know about you, but of course, <laughs> of course. And
1: he's and he's getting paid to be what he wanted to be, the guy here. So as you know, all the all the spoils when everything goes well goes to the quarterback. Well, now when you're struggling and the team's losing, you're going to get the brunt of it. Exactly what's happening I think their offensive coordinator too Sean McVay has to do a much better job of calling plays he's, he's a young you know whiz he, that's what you want to call him he can drag you know all these dynamic plays but it's one thing to be able to back them up it's another thing to be able to use them in situational parts of the game and I think that that's something that you That's not what they do when Tom Brady or Garoppolo are in there. So yeah. it comes back to coaching. Boy, if
0: if New England is the bar, I think I think there are 31 teams who are striving to finally to finally figure out a way to get there. That was some some performance by the Patriots last night up in Gillette. It really was. Uh, I'm just I'm curious when what is the perception of the Giants? Uh, down there uh, and their start? I mean, is this one of those you know, you've had some people say, ah, you know, it's a little smoke and mirrors, and, you know, they you know, they, they win two games, you know, by four points total, uh, or do you sense that they're uh, taking this team seriously the way uh, they've gotten off? Uh, you know,
1: I looked at, you mentioned the stat with the Giants, where you said that they don't have a takeaway on defense, and I looked at the first two opponents, um, Honestly, I thought Dallas deserved to win the first game. That was just from what I assessed. Um, Giants did what they had to do, but I thought Dallas. I thought they outplayed the Giants in that first game, and that was just from what I saw on tape. I didn't see the whole thing. Right. Um, last week was just a an old school NFC football game. You know, it just looked dark up there in New York. It uh, gray, and it just it was, it was one of those games. I was impressed though that the defense has has shown life up there because last year, you know, this your defense was was awful. It was bad. <laughs> But I do see guys getting after. The things that I've seen this week, they they have shown some life on defense, and, and it's a good time for for the Giants. They're 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 getting fat quick off of you know some some teams that probably will not be qualifying for the playoffs. Right, right, out. Yeah, I'm just not sure how good you are yet, and even if you win Sunday, which I predicted you would, right. I still don't walk away from that saying the Giants are 3-0 or are in Super Bowl
0: now. No, no, I think the Giants, I mean, right now it's about winning the division. They, the, you know, all four of these teams in the NFC East has to be looking at, you know, and say, look, get in the playoffs, win the game, and hope you're a better team in January than you are in September. I mean, I think that's the, the reality for, for all four of these teams, because they are flawed. You know, the Cowboys are holding out hope that, that Romo comes back and, and, you know, they can turn things around and... And obviously the Eagles, I think the Eagles, I've said it many times this week, they've played the JV and uh, and a team that, that probably, you know, is that uh – you know, quadruple A in baseball and the Bears the JV being the Browns in order to get the 2-0 so I think they come back to earth this weekend um, you, you and I talked a little bit before we got on the show the idea of the back and forth this week so maybe we close up with that uh, with the show today, this has been uh, a lot of fun to do uh, I'm Mark Stapleton of Locked On Giants he's Lake Lewis Jr. of Locked On Redskins, uh, so you can read both of us on uh, the USA Today Sports Network, me with the record and Lake on uh, the Redskins wire so make sure you read all of our copy out there we've been pumping and nobody knows these two teams better than we do I'll take a take a nice pat on the back for the both of us Uh, but the back and forth this week from uh, really started last week with Victor Cruz and Janoris Jenkins kind of talking about Josh Norman not covering Antonio Brown to this week Keenan Robinson uh, making comments about his former team to (laughs) then we go back to uh, Jack Rabbit, Janoris Jenkins, talking about Deshaun Jackson uh, being a deep threat and not really a route runner, and then Deshaun firing back yesterday saying "Who?" <laughs> in reference to Jack Rabbit. Uh, I'm just curious for you. I mean, I to me, I think the the, all the com- of all the comments, the thing that, that had the most validity would be Keenan Robinson having spent the last couple of years in Washington. Uh, I'm just curious. You know, Keenan. You, you know, you you've covered him. Uh, what he said was it valid? What, did it really strike a nerve? Because it didn't seem like Jay Gruden was running from those comments about what he said about the pointing the fingers and and the idea of getting down, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah,
1: I think he, I I think he struck a nerve with a lot of guys in the locker room because it's kind of like that honor code type system where what what happens in the locker room stays in the locker room, but. Not in their locker room anymore, right? You know, and and he feels like you know he he follows up his comments by saying you know that because that team's pointing fingers at each other and they're a little bit of disarray. Um, they, I think that you know he said that, that they can follow up on that, that they can use that to that's a wounded. You know, that's normal, cliche football talk. I didn't have an issue with what he said. When people here were like, hey, uh," you know, Keenan sounded on them. Um, I wouldn't even put that as a title for, you know, what I wrote up about it. You know, it didn't sound off. He just stated something that was asked of him about what they're going through down here. And I've been in that locker room for six years. And, yes, I have seen it with my own eyes. Um, There are some guys in the past who would point fingers. A lot of them are gone, mistake about that, and those who are still here doing it will not be here next year. And that's a fact as well. So that's the problem with the Redskins right now is that there's there's still a little bit of a faction type set up in the locker room where, like I said, we have, you have these young guys who are here now who you know if you're a Jameson Crowder and you came in last year as a rookie, all you know is making the playoffs. That's all you know, and those young guys are the guys that are not problems in any way, shape, or form. Some of the older veterans that aren't performing, and yet those are the ones that still want to talk, be in the camera all the time.
0: Right, right. Uh, Well, that's an interesting thing because I think that's kind of been the, as we talked about when we opened the show, that's been the transition for the Giants to this point, and a 2 0 start has kind of brought this locker room together. They started with a lot of the guys that they brought in, the Olivier Vernons, uh, the Snacks Harrisons, the Janoris Jenkins. I mean, these guys have seemingly been on the same page from the start of the season. Uh, You know, Jonathan Casillas uh, having won two Super Bowls. Uh, I think, you know, Keenan Robinson has kind of earned his role here. Uh, Jason Pierre-Paul is playing for another contract and has a lot to prove. So especially on the defensive side of the ball, I think the Giants have shown... Uh, more of a a cohesiveness in the locker room and I think that's kind of the compare and contrast right now with the Redskins but we all know what changes that a win and a loss Uh, a win for the Redskins and a loss for the Giants and all of a sudden maybe we're talking completely different I think that's kind of, if, if I'm Comparing this Giants team to the ones I've covered in the past, uh, and I took over the beat full-time the year after the Super Bowl, I just feel like this team this year is the perfect blend of youth and experience, and they have a lot of guys who like playing with each other. And it's not just because... You know, they have to show that they like each other and pretend that they like each other and force it. I think this Giants team, they're, they're giving up a lot to gain even more than what they've had. Dominique Rogers comardi is probably the best example of that. Uh, he didn't play, uh, he played the fourth amount of snaps... Fourth highest amount of snaps last week of corners on this team. Uh, Yet they're still finding a way to use him as a weapon, uh, both in the slot. Uh, I think you'll see him a little bit outside. I'd put him on Jordan Reed this week, but it doesn't sound like what I was getting out of the locker room yesterday that that's in the game plan. Uh, But uh, it'll be very interesting to see how these two teams react. Uh, Giants with a little prosperity, and the Redskins a little bit of a wounded animal coming up here. So I'm looking forward to seeing you at MetLife Lake. And uh, you know, again, we'll 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 get to do this again. Oh, what is it? Uh, The week. Between Christmas and New Year's We get another crossover podcast Hopefully at that point We're both over uh, a million listens And we're, we're all doing great <laughs> That sounds great to me I uh, welcome that any day All right, Lake Hey, listen, I appreciate it again you listen to a special uh, Crossover edition uh, on, the, on the Lockdown Podcast Network This was Art Stapleton Of Lockdown Giants Lake Lewis Jr. Of Lockdown Redskins And you guys have a great weekend And enjoy Giants-Redskins Sunday 1 o'clock From at Life Stadium Take care You are Locked On Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. the list.